The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun conversation about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy. With questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host. Hi there, Catsuit. Hi there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want a show about how people connect. I'm your host, John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, and this week we step into a new territory as we examine the lifestyle of swingers with a best-selling author and personality who is in front and center of the movement. Coraline Jewell is a perfect example of a woman living by her favorite quote, patience will prosper. A retired adult porn star, high-class escort, retired competitive athlete, porn director, swing club owner, fitness trainer, wedding planner, talent manager, voiceover actress, coach and speaker, Corlin Jewell is the epitome of a strong female entrepreneur. You can join her journey through life as a sex worker in a world where judgment is human nature and follow her coaching, training sessions, speaking engagements, and book signing schedule on CorlinJewell.com as well as her social media. Corlin has moved into the podcasting game as well with a hanky-panky podcast. So let's see what the lifestyle is with Corlin Jewell. It's the first five. Corlin, we start the first five with a very racy question. Describe the first time you ever set foot on a porn set. Okay, first time ever was actually with my agency that had just um, signed with me. And one of the things that I clicked is that I did not do swallow scenes. And my agency hired me for big girls working with the agent and it was for a swallow scene. So I couldn't tell him no, because I had just signed with the agency. So uh, I kind of threw myself in with my first time being with my agent in a swallow scene and big gold girls. <laughs> First time you ever went to a swingers party? Uh, okay, I have to think. Um, okay, I uh, was with my husband, married for 10 years, and we were online looking and trying to figure out where to go. And we went to a house party about 45 minutes from our house. And um, it was awful. Uh, the people were very nice, but uh, just not our scene, not our crowd. And I think we made it about seven to 10 minutes there. <laughs> Going back into your early days, first time you ever stuck the landing on a very difficult jump. Okay, I would have to say uh, for like a difficult jump, something that was challenging for me would have been the double axle at the time. And that would have been in Wisconsin, in Madison, Wisconsin, um, at about 4 a.m. on the ice with just me and my partner. Our coach wasn't there. Nobody was around. There was nobody to jump up and down with and be all excited with. And he wasn't even looking, but I was excited. <laughs> so, 
First time you ever received a dick pic and your reaction to it. Oh, God. <laughs> Us girls, we get them all the time. Um, oh, let me think. Let me think. I would say um, just, God, I mean, I get them all the time, honey. But I would say just maybe like, um, you know, running my swingers club, you know, that, that maybe at the time single males thought, you know, uh, that was a way to get into my club, which, you know, I allow single males, but I don't actually need to see your dick to let you in my club. <laughs> And finally, first kink scene. Um, I haven't really done any crazy, crazy kink. I know. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, I've done, let me think. Let me think of like the creep. Oh, okay. Well, this is kind of kink. I shot with Christian XXX and we did our face smothering. Um, <laughs> and, um, I had to be really mean. I'm not a mean person. I mean, I have a degree in theater, so I can be mean if needed. But it was one of those scenes where I had to be like, you like that? You want to breathe? You want to breathe? Forget it. I'm not letting you breathe. And just kept on like smothering him and smothering him and squirting on him and poor thing. <laughs> so you seem to be the dom in that particular scene. Dom in that scene, correct. <laughs> what is your fantasy? Do you have a secret? We all have sexual fantasies or secrets. That's what my show is all about. My name is Nikki, and I'm the host of In Bed with Nikki. In this show, it's all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from my emails directly and anonymously sent to me, together we will explore the experiences of everyday people, just like yourself. Often, this is the very first time they've told anyone else about them. You can find In Bed with Nikki on Podchaser, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and anywhere else you find your other favorite podcasts. And remember, for every problem, there is a solution, and I happen to call it an orgasm. And until next time, Enjoy. Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. Two people getting to know each other, just like we did in high school. Here is Seven Minutes in Heaven. The next part of the show I like to call Seven Minutes in Heaven because it's my way to get to know you and also the audience's way to get to know you for okay. seven minutes. So how does one go from being an Olympic hopeful to finding their way to being an experienced porn star, swinger club owner, and professional speaker, and best-selling author. And that is why I wrote a book. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll try and give you the short version. I was still married to my husband, and it was in 2008, I want to say, when like, uh, uh, you know, we, everybody was having financial difficulties and people were losing their jobs and stuff like that. And so my husband came to me and said, you know, women sell their underwear online. And 
I was like, first of all, how do you know that? And secondly, okay, tell me about it. Where do I look? And so he went to work and the next day and I looked it up and sure enough, it was true. And so 24 hours later, I had a website up. I had gone to Ross. I had bought a bunch of 99 cents pair of panties, taken photographs, posted on Craigslist, buy my wet, juicy panties and $450 later in sales, my husband had said, okay, go for it. So that led to people requesting custom videos in the panties, which led to webcamming requests. Um, and then following my divorce from my husband, um, at that time we had, we were already involved in the swinger lifestyle. So that led to me working as a hostess at a local swingers club. Mm -hmm. And, um, my degree in theater took me to a job up in Los Angeles as a director in the porn industry, working for a company in a variety of scenes for a Japanese company called for anime because they play on anime. And, um, it was there that the male talent had said to me, I don't understand why you're a director. You should be on the other side of the camera as a performer. And so that's when I made the crossover. <laughs> that wasn't just a line from that guy? No, nope, I don't think so, because I've never shot with him. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> with him. So that led to, you know, me. And then I'm finding out that a friend of mine um, was actually Raquel Devine. I didn't know that she was Raquel Devine. And she helped me find my agency and that's how I got into the industry shooting, which led to me meeting Sable Renee, who told me all about the uh, working up in uh, the Bunny Ranch with um, Dennis Hoff. And so I went to did some work in Nevada. And um, then I was running my swingers club, working in the industry, directing still, casting. And um, at the AVNs, met a journalist who said to me, you should write a book. This should be in a book. People should learn from your experiences. That led to the book, which is now number one international bestseller. And then someone came to me and said, you should be doing podcasts and teaching people and helping people and educating people on the lifestyle and the adult industry and the do's and the don'ts and from your experiences. And um, I'm working on a product line. And uh, the coaching of the lifestyle came from working at my events. Um, I always had couples or singles coming up to me and saying, can I have a couple minutes with you and sharing an experience with me or a question that they had. And it could be 45 minutes to an hour later that I'm still with that person addressing their question. And so it was my publisher that said to me, you should be coaching couples in the lifestyle. You should be doing in-person or online Zoom because you spend more time instead of running your events and working at your events and being the hostess, uh, you're more of like a, a therapist in the lifestyle to these couples and singles. And so you need to do a separate business for that. And so here we are. <laughs> when I said to you in our original correspondence that your world is something that is totally one that I could never imagine or have never set foot into. Okay. <laughs> I have been in the kink lifestyle uh, pretty much all my life, okay. uh, with the exception of the 20 years that I was married and she was not into kink at all. And so I don't know anything about the swinger lifestyle other than what I know that there are clubs in the Ohio area that have it. I know nothing about the porn industry other than a very funny story that uh, I will share with you. When I was back doing professional wrestling on television, I had a professional wrestler whose all-time goal was to meet Barbara Dare. Okay. And so he said, you have to take me to see Barbara Dare's show. And I said, all right, but I don't know who Barbara Dare is have no real interest in seeing Barbara Dare. But if you want to pay for my 
my meal and all that, I'll go with you. So he goes and Barbara Derek comes out on the stage and the uh, waitress at the club comes up to me and puts her tray down. And I look at her and I go, this is your slow time, right? She goes, absolutely. And I said, I have to tell you that you being dressed in your outfit, and she was wearing a tuxedo shirt, a stirrup leotard, really shiny hose and high heels. I said, you're a thousand times more alluring to me than what I'm seeing up on stage. <laughs> and that led to every time anybody ever taking me into a stripping club uh -huh. or a strippers club with me talking to everyone except the people who are totally naked. Right. That's just my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it leaves more to the imagination, that's why. <laughs> and, and I think that is what it is. Yes. So in this journey, was there ever a point in time where you said, I'm not sure I'm making the right decision? Or was there a point in time where you said, I made the perfect decision? So, um, <clears throat> it's a good question. Um, you know, there's when, when someone's getting involved in the lifestyle or the adult industry, of course, you know that there's going to be repercussions with family finding out or, you know, for me, I have children. And um, so there was a time where I was very, very secretive and I, nobody knew that I was, you know, driving up to L.A. or working on set. But, um, you know, they're two separate things. The adult industry was very much um, a financial decision for me. I love to perform. I've actually recently decided to get back into it. I got back in with my first shoot in February fight you know uh, and then COVID hit so after a three-year break I got back in and then I'm actually going up to Los Angeles this Sunday and I've got four scenes lined up and I'm happy to get back in so but now with that being said my family does know and my children do know and so my friends know and so there's no secrets on that end and then for the lifestyle a lot of people will say to me you know why on earth would you start a swingers club in 2012 when ultimately the reason you lost a 14 year marriage, you know, with the father of your two kids is because he had an emotional affair with somebody on you in the lifestyle. And it's a good question, but for me, the lifestyle is more of a community base. Um, these are now my friends and their family. And um, I've built my community from, you know, nothing. I knew, I really knew nothing when I ran of my first party in 2012. And now I've got 18,000 members over 18,000 wow. and, um, and um, you, you know, we go wine tasting and we go on cruises together. And um, it's very interesting because if I have somebody as a date with me at an event, whether or not they're what we would call a vanilla, you know, they're not in the lifestyle or even if they are in the lifestyle, you know, their ultimate um, impression is, oh, so you've slept with everybody in here. And it's actually the opposite. I've slept with nobody at my parties. Mm -hmm. And that's because those are my, they're my guests. And so, I'm at my event to do my job and I'm a hostess and I don't need to be off in a room when my staff comes to me and says, there's been an emergency and where the hell is Coraline? We can't find her, you know? And so um, I'm in the lifestyle because I like the acceptedness. I like to be, I like the, uh, the themes of the parties. I like the travel, um, my friends, the, you know, the people I've met. And if I go to an event and something um, might happen, then I'm okay with that, but it's not what I go to to seek out. So I'm very different in that. Um, I'm not um, seeking it. I'm not opposed to it. If it happens, it happens. Um, I just prefer the open-mindedness and the less judgment of the lifestyle, which is the same as kink or poly or whatever it is. You know, it's that people allow you to come to these events and experience your fetish or your fantasy, and there's no judgment to that. 
One of the things that I was talking to a recent guest about is that for so long, especially when it comes to kink or it comes to swinging or even porn, it's a minute part of our lives. Mm -hmm. Sex is actually like a 3% of what we may do in our life if we're lucky. <laughs> and people don't realize there's that other 23 hours in the day or 21 hours if you're really lucky yeah. <laughs> that we live our lives. What is the Coraline that lives that life like? Exactly. I mean, I am so beyond crazy busy with trying to juggle uh, the kids and dinner and laundry and I got to pull out the trash and I'm also a wedding planner. So I've had every single wow. bride from, yeah, so every bride from 2020, I've had to move to 2021. Plus I still have brides that are booking me for 2021. So um, I'm a full wedding planner. I find their venues, their vendors, uh, their DJs, their photographers. I work on them with their schedule um and then i'm still running my lifestyle events and again that's been a challenge with covid um and i'm still trying to line up photo work uh, modeling shoots uh, uh gosh uh, my coaching um my podcast um i've got a meeting tomorrow to go and take a look at my product line we're going to start designing the bottles of my product and the labeling um and then on top of that i have friends who are like you know i want to see you and i'm like lord help me i don't have time <laughs> so mm -hmm. It's difficult. It's difficult, but hopefully it'll all fall into place, all the hard work at some point. I might be 90 when it does, but. <laughs> as long as you have time to enjoy it, that's the main thing. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lian Yao, and I'm an audiobook narrator who is also polyamorous. I just wanted to let you know about some audiobooks on polyamory I think you might enjoy. You can find Love in Abundance, The Jealousy Workbook, the Polyamory Breakup Book, and When Someone You Love Is Polyamorous on audible.com. Just search my name, Lian Yao, spelt L-E-A-N-N-E-Y-A-U. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of grey. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. This is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. Coraline, this show is all about messaging and the messaging that brings people together, but also the messaging that will send people running. Okay. As a porn star and as Coraline, the regular person that uh, lives the other 20, 20 so hours, do people, are people able to see the difference between the character Coraline and the person that you really are. Uh, absolutely, a hundred percent. Especially if they're my friends. So um, I'll give you an example of what my, you know, one of my really good friends. Uh, she went on a date with somebody, and they said, "Oh my God, you know Coral and Jewel? Please, 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 please introduce me to her. Get me her autograph." And my girlfriend was like, "What?" And they were like, "Get me Coraline, Coraline." And my girlfriend's like, "I don't know her as Coraline. Like that's mm -hmm. you know, that's she's my friend. She's a mom." She's a generous person. She's a hard worker. She's a fighter. 
Um, I don't know her like you visualize her on set, you know, uh, that's her acting. That's, you know, and, and it is acting. I mean, it's my, my, you know, I'm using my theater degree and that's, that's my character, whatever character mm-hmm. I'm hired. If I have to be the dominatrix, that's, you know, suffocating Christian, then, you know, that's the character that I'm hired to be, but, um, that's not me. You know, in fact, I'm, I'm, I usually, I used, I tell people that I'm dating. I just recently broke up with somebody, but um, he always would say to me, like, am I with Corlin or am I with you? And I'm like, mm. uh, no, you're with me. You probably wish you were with Corlin. She's a hell of a lot more fun. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she's, she's, she's dirty and she's naughty, but I'm kind of boring. <laughs> when people message you for a potential date. Mm-hmm. And I would think that would be a very intimidating thing if they knew who you were. So let's take this in two directions. Okay. Somebody who doesn't know the character of Coraline Jewel. Okay. Ask you out for a date. <laughs> At what point? Do I tell them? Yes. <laughs> so again, that's in my book. And my book's going to have a lot of different series because I couldn't fit everything into one book. <laughs> but um, uh, th- that's one of the things I really struggle with. So, you know, it goes two ways. I can date somebody that I meet on a lifestyle site, okay? Um, and so when I meet them on a lifestyle site... Uh, What's good about that is they already know now, okay, she's in, she's in the lifestyle. She runs the swingers club. Mm-hmm. And if they're a member of the other sites that I'm on, they see my postings about my podcast and my book and stuff like that and my coaching. So they know, okay, wait a second, wait a second. This, this Miss Hanky Panky is Coral and Jewel. Okay. And so th- when that goes into that date or whatever, sometimes there's that expectation of like, oh yeah, cool. I'm going to screw a porn star, you know? And, and, and so that's very difficult for me because yet they're knowing who I am or, you know, they're knowing my, my profession. And so you would hope that they would be more accepting of the profession. Right. But, but accepting more to get to know me as a person and, and as a businesswoman and as a mother. And, and that's normally not the case. It's normally the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do date somebody in the vanilla world. So if I date somebody that I meet on Facebook dating or I meet on Bumble or Tinder or something like that. Um, then it comes to uh, they get to meet me as the wedding planner and the mother too, and you know the Olympic competitor who was born in South Africa. Um, but there comes a point where I have to tell them who I, you know, what I do for a living or what I've done for a living, and you know who I am because um, that's not fair to them because mm-hmm. it might not go with what they are comfortable with. And when I do tell them, it usually goes this way. It goes, um, oh yeah, I'm completely fine with that. That's I don't judge you at all from that. I mean, that's just your work. That's not a problem at all. I'm completely fine. And then three months later, um, how much are you making for that custom video? I'll pay you double. Or um, how much are you making for that photo shoot? Or you know that that what are you shooting for on the scene? I'll pay you double for it. I don't want you to do that anymore. And so then they try to change who I am. Mm-hmm. So I've recently made a decision. I'm sorry to tell all my fans and listeners, but I'm not dating anymore. Mm. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and I can understand that. It's a, at a certain point, you get to the point where it's like, it's not worth it anymore. It's just not worth it. It's not worth hope for me. Um, when I, when I get into a relationship, I open my heart and I give my all and I'm very, very upfront and honest about, you know, Hey, I want you to know tonight I have a webcam show and then I've got to do this custom video or I'm going to Vegas and these are the shoots that I've lined up or whatever it may be. And, um, 
and then I'm tired of getting hurt, you know, because there is that side of Coraline that actually has feelings. And so right now where I am in my life, I've made a decision. Um, and this is a very recent decision that I am going to focus on me, my book, my podcast, my series, my coaching, my weddings, my events, my shooting, my directing, my casting, and my being, I'm an ambassador for some companies. And that's it. I mean, I th even though I make time for a relationship right now, I've decided that there's not going to be any more time for a relationship. That's going to be my focus. And I wish you luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> so what does your inbox look like right now? does it's you know i say it's a disaster but it's not because as you know because you communicate with me on email i return everything right away so i'm very very organized and i'm top i get frustrated sometimes when i don't hear back from someone for you know nine days and i'm like okay i know you have your phone in your hands like at some point you do but um so i'm very organized but my inbox has everything from i have nine different email addresses if that says anything mm -hmm. <laughs> So each one corresponds to what it is that I'm doing. So as far as DMs are concerned, how well, out of control are those? Because that particular venue, everyone knows who you are and knows that they're communicating with, they may not know they're communicating with a character, mm -hmm. but they're trying to communicate with the person right. that is Corlin Jewell. Right. So, um, yes, I mean, the Instagrams and the Twitters, of course, those private messages or those DMs are out of control. Um, I do read them. I do look through them. If I feel that it is a legit situation, like when you and I communicated on there or um, when I feel that it is a, uh, a, a photographer or a shoot or an ambassador um, situation that's not a scam or whatever, then I do respond. However, um, I do not respond because even when I get like a nice message, like, and I want my fans to know this, when I get your message that says you're beautiful or, you know, thank you so much for your post today. It was a gorgeous post. I appreciate that. But the minute that I write, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Now I'm in a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And then when I don't respond, I'm a bitch. So I get that a lot. You know, you're a bitch. You don't respond. Well, because I can't respond. There must be just just an Instagram alone in the non-primary, I think there are 302 DMs. I can't do it. I can't. Wow. So, you know, I appreciate my fans, but I just, uh, and I know I'm not the only one, you know, and then, the, and then the, un, the unsolicited dick pics, my God, guys, can I give them advice? Okay. I, some, some of my girlfriends though, like the ones that are recently dating, they're like, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, <laughs> gross. I don't want to. You know, but I guess everybody's different. But for me, uh, leave some to the imagination and show me your personality and show me your mind and show me your heart. And don't, I don't want to see your dick. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> if you were to put together a toolbox for the perfect message to send to a woman or okay. other wonderful human, what would be in that toolbox? Um, I think that when you write to somebody, you need to um, address something in their profile or something that you have read about them. So uh, let's just go to a Facebook dating for a second. My Facebook dating says, you know, um, I'm a single mother of two, born in South Africa. I speak fluent Swedish. Um, I was a competitive Olympic figure skater. I recently published a book, you know, and it talks all about me and everything, okay? And so I don't need a message that says, oh my God, the things I would do to you 
or, uh, you know, um, you have a nice, nice pair of, you know what? Okay. I don't know if you allow swearing on your show or not. No, I allow anything you'd like. Okay. I've been watching it, but, um, you know, say something like, um, wow, I enjoyed reading your profile. Um, you know, a competitive figure skater. I played ice hockey when I lived in Canada or whatever. Something that's going to make me go, huh, there's more to you than just the penis that's probably going to follow this picture, you know, this message, you know? And so those are the messages that I usually will return is somebody that writes something um, that shows class, you know, and also maybe says something about them. You know, I'm recently divorced. I'm a father of two. Um, you know, I moved to California, whatever it may be, but um derogatory comments get you nowhere sending your cock at least with me gets you nowhere um and so show show your level of education check your spelling check your spelling <laughs> that's a big one too yeah so is there a sense of entitlement with many men who believe that it is their right to be able to tell you what they want and not worry what you want uh, you mean in dating or you mean in fans? In dating or in messaging, in messaging especially, because um, obviously that, that's the way you establish a connection. But if that's your first impression. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 could, I could write a book alone just in compiling the messages. Um, things like, hey, I sent you a message. Hello, question mark. Hello, question mark. I'm not going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs, bitch, question mark, send. Well, why would I respond to that, right? So is that the entitlement that they feel I need to respond to them when there was no decent, you know, welcome or, you know, no decent introduction on their hat, their hat, their end? Um, and then as for like uh, dating, you know, I mean, yeah, I'll get men that'll say to me, you know, uh, I read your profile. Um, I'm a dom. You will you will service me. You um, I will be your king. You will be my queen. You will drop to your knees upon request. And I just you know write back, lol, uh, f you, go to hell, suck this, and then I send the message. You know, but I mean, you know, it just blows my mind. I mean, there's much better ways, but that's why there's so many. Ugh, there's so many single people now, and they're the mm -hmm. rate of divorce is awful. But the rate of divorce is a whole nother scenario you know that has nothing to do with the nasty messages or the derogatory messages so when it comes to those messages however what kind of man is there that you can see that has a chance because all these other people are sending these unsolicited messages or the messages with bad grammar and all that and it creates what seems like two different types of women women who are angry or women who are just plain tired yeah. which earlier you said you've had it yeah that, that would be me but you see again it goes back to so i'll give you an example i've got uh two girlfriends in particular who are recently out of you know 17 year marriages okay mm -hmm. and they don't want a relationship they are straight looking for a friends with benefits so if they meet somebody on a Tinder or a Facebook dating or a Bumble or whatever it is, and they decide to go on a date with that person, they make it very clear that they don't want a relationship. And so they want that dick pic. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys are screwing it for those of us that don't want the dick pic, you know, but there's that side of, you know, people. Um, I actually once almost started a company that was all about like how to help men on their dating profiles. What picture should be your profile picture? Um, what should you write? Uh, what do women want to hear? What do we care to hear? 
But again, that goes back. Everybody's different. Everybody's got their own cup of tea, you know? So for my swinger events, when someone comes to me and says, uh, you could have a lot better good looking people here if you picture submitted. Well, you know what? Maybe your Barbie and Ken is not somebody else's Barbie and Ken. Maybe somebody else wants the little five foot white girl like me with the big ass and the big boobs. But somebody else wants the five foot 11 tall blonde. And somebody else wants that sexy Latino girl. So you don't know, you know, what everybody's cup of tea is. But for me, I would tell men, again, it's just me, um, your profiles and the way you present yourself this is the best way to, this is my favorite analogy. My dad always said this to me. Don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just because you're getting up and going to the grocery store to run an errand, dress to your best because you don't know who you're going to run into in that grocery store. And that's how I think for dating, you have one chance to impress us in that profile. Show, tell, I want to know their heart, them, their, you know, and, Granted, you know, I'm a pretty damn good catch because I'm pretty freaking open-minded with, mm-hmm. you know, in poly and lifestyle and adult industry and watching porn and trying different sexual fantasies and all of that stuff. But I want to know that you've got a good head on your shoulders and are financially stable and hygiene. Gentlemen, your hygiene. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Don't I just realized I haven't shaved and I feel really bad right now. Oh, you're okay. It's not even that. It's the brushing of the teeth before bed at night, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these little things, at least I watch, I take that into account, you know, and I give my little subtle hints like, huh, you still smell like pizza. Do you want to brush <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll go do that. Want to do that tonight before you go to sleep next to me? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of stuff, so... In swinging, because I know nothing about it, (laughs) how do people connect with each other through messaging? Or is it strictly, I see you, I like what I see, would you be interested? Is there there any predetermined meetups or... As I said, I have no no idea what goes on. How do people connect with each other in the swinging world? Okay, so there's a lot that I mean, this that could be a whole nother, uh, you know, episode together. Uh, The thing is, is that there's different lifestyle websites now. So there's different sites that you go on and you can set up a profile. Mm -hmm. And in your profile, you can specify if you're looking for single women only. Are you looking for couples? Are you looking for single males? Because people have this misconception that the lifestyle is all about a married husband and wife having sex with another married husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. And that's not the case. People are in the lifestyle to experience different fantasies or, or fetishes or, you know, an experience that they want to experience. So maybe they want to watch their wife with another man. That's it. Or maybe they want to have another woman join them and the woman are together and the husband doesn't even touch her. You know, everybody's got their different things. So when you go to a profile, the first thing you do is you read what they're looking for. And a lot of times, as we know, people are visual, men are visual. And so all they do is look at the pictures and they go, God damn, she's hot. And then they just send a message, you know, Hey, love to meet up with you. Um, I get messages on these lifestyle sites on a daily basis and on, and on Pornhub. Oh, the messages on Pornhub is a whole nother story. Um, mm. they'll say like, uh, you know, um, uh, I can do, we're oral for hours. I'd love to give massages. I'm nine and a half. My girth is this. And I write back and I go, apparently you didn't read the profile. 
you know, because mm-hmm. if you read the profile, it specifically says, I'm not looking for single males at this time. I'm not looking to date at this time. I am a, a you know, a lifestyle club hostess. I love the lifestyle. I'm open to it. Um, but you have to read the profile. So that's the one thing. And then other thing that people do is they will go to what's called a meet and greet. So a lifestyle meet and greet is put on by either people in the community or people like me will do a free meet and greet at a regular bar where, you know, our guests are told we're in the corner of this location Mm -hmm. and everybody gets a little green wristband. And that's a chance to meet others in the lifestyle community. Um, in a comfortable environment, no nudity allowed, no pressure, Mm -hmm. no nothing, and just the chance to kind of talk to people. Um, One of the things that I coach on is make sure that when you're talking to somebody else in the lifestyle, that you guys establish together what it is that each of you are actually seeking. Don't meet the couple based on looks alone, go into the bedroom and then realize, holy crap, this couple, he's bi and he just wants to be with your husband and you ladies are on the sidelines and you should have established that before you walked into the room. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I say, you know, that's how people meet each other. And that's my advice to people that are new is make sure that you uh, communicate and establish what it is that you're looking for or what it is that you want to try. You might not like it. So establish it first. You're a very driven woman. And I can tell that just from reading about you and hearing the, the podcast what was it as an elite athlete growing up that is helping you now navigate the world as it is? Um, I would say, so one thing that I always reiterate, like, and and it's in my book again, is that I was not, um, gosh, now I'm blanking on the word. My parents didn't force me to do it. So Mm -hmm. Uh, um, they didn't push you. They weren't yeah, helicopter parents. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was, it was the opposite. It was like, oh, you know, do you still like ice skating? And I was like, yes. And they were like, oh, good. Do you, do you like your ice skates? And I was like, yes. Do you need them sharpened? Yes. Okay. Happy Hanukkah. I'll sharpen your skate. That's mm-hmm. how it was. Okay. So everything that I did uh, was me wanting to do it. Um, and in my book, I talk about numerous letdowns over and over again, whether it was skating partners or skating coaches getting arrested for tax fraud or, um, you know, just, I, I don't want to read my book, but, you know, just some crazy things mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I had to, as a young little girl, 13, 14, 15 years old, I had to just say to myself, you know, I want to skate, keep going, keep fighting. Things are going to be thrown at you and keep going. So I think that's what has, you know, made me who I am today. Um, I've had issues in running a lifestyle club. I've had issues with lawsuits. I've had uh, people that I thought were my friends in the, in the swinger community just come and use me and then backstab me and go do their own thing. Um, I've had boyfriends turn on me and, you know, there, it does take a toll on you. It does take a toll on you. I mean, I, um, I'm, you know, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm fighting, but you know, I've broken, but I'll pick myself up back up again and keep going. Mm -hmm. In ice skating, there is always the quest for perfection. In relationships, I believe that it's the imperfections that bring us together. What is your best imperfection? Uh, Gosh. It's okay. Hmm. I'm emotional, I would say. It's maybe a, it's an imperfect, but it, it shows truly like how I feel. I will break down and just start crying and be like, I can't believe it. But it's because. Uh, you know, once I let my guard down in that relationship, I have now let that person into me fully. I have now like 
opened everything. And then when I get let down, I am just an emotional teary. I can't believe, you know, and then, and then I walk. I'm, I, I've been told this many, many times you walk away, you turn around, you don't fight for us. You know, why don't you fight for the relationship? Walk away. But I think, um, for me, again, for me personally, I don't fight because I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting. You know, there comes a point, you know, I'm tired of fighting for relationships. I'll keep fighting in my career. I'll keep fighting to be the businesswoman that I am. Um, and I try to fight in the relationships, but I guess that's my biggest imperfection is just, I'm very, very emotional. And there's nothing wrong with that because emotion drives passion, passion drives us all. And that's a, that's a fantastic thing. Of the things that you have done in life, because there are so many, (laughs) is there one particular point that really surprised you? Meaning was there a situation perhaps when you were doing a certain porn scene or when you were speaking in front of a certain audience, was there one aha moment that you've had that says, man, I'm doing it right. Honestly, to this point, I feel that my biggest accomplishment, something that I always wanted to do um, and said I was going to do. And, you know, I can't believe I did it was not only publish my book, but, find a publisher that believed so much in me that she says, your book's not only going to be a bestseller, I think we can make your book an international bestseller. And I thought, there's no ways, there's no, I'm not a writer. You know, my book, I know there's editing. um, I know there's editing issues in there and there's grammar issues in there. And you went through the editor and stuff like that. Um, But that was my biggest like moment was, you know, just sitting there with my publisher um, on my patio, glass of wine. And she looked at me and she goes, you just made number one international best-selling author in two countries. And I couldn't believe it. That's so, nice. That was my like, oh my God, this might happen. So. Obviously you get messages from fans. Obviously you get messages from nearly everywhere, but I'm guessing <laughs> that for this book, at some point you did a book tour or some book signings. Well, my book released June 15th of 2020. That would mean that you haven't done those yet. Correct. I was set to go to Exotica in September, mm-hmm. excuse me, in Miami. That got moved till this coming February. I just received notice that that's been moved. So I have not yet had the opportunity to travel with, you know, and do my book signings and seminars. I'm going to, you know, try to be doing some seminars. However, I have had... Um, Many people um, order the book through my website. They can get an autographed copy through my website. And then I just go down to the post office and I send it. Um, and I have a lot of, uh, of my sponsors from my store, like the sponsors for uh, my swingers club and um, for me, uh, for my podcast. And they've got my store available in, or my book available in their stores. So I, yeah, so when I go to Vegas uh, next week, I'll see if it, how many of my books are sold and see if they need some new ones, you know, or some more brought up there. Has there been an instance where somebody has sent you a message talking about your book's effect on them? Yes, uh, quite a few, mostly lifestyle. I would say that most of the messages that I've gotten have been from people in the lifestyle community that maybe were my friends or knew of me and would write me and say, you know, you 
I want to be after reading your book and hearing about your podcast. I actually had a phone call last night. We wanted my wife and I want to be on your podcast, you know, and I said, do you know that like I do YouTube and I have face and stuff like that? And they said, we think we're ready. We're not sure yet, though, but we think we're ready. And so I've had people that have come to me like that. I've had um, people that have come to me and said, you know, uh, my sister wants to get into the adult industry. And after reading your book, can I pay for a session with her to talk to you to make sure that she doesn't make any mistakes and stuff like that. So, and that's ultimately when I wrote this book and I would love to have my book go into a documentary or a movie, but ultimately my book, and again, this, it doesn't even have everything in it that I want. That's Mm -hmm. why I want to work on a series, but I want my book to help people. There's so many different people who can help people that are getting into the industry, people that are getting in the lifestyle, people that are in the lifestyle, but are having issues and they don't know if they're making the right choices anymore. People that want to come clean to their families about the life that they're living or parents that are maybe judging their son or daughter for being in the um, adult industry in the porn industry. I mean, did you see that article recently about a 23 year old uh, paramedic in, um, in, um, New York started an OnlyFans because she needed to make some extra money during this whole pandemic. And now, you know, her job's being threatened for it and everybody's looking down on her and we should have her on our show together because that just pisses me off. You know, she took it upon herself to go and make, you know, make money and not ask anybody for help. And you know what I mean? So my book is to hopefully to do that, to get people to accept, don't judge. Don't, if you don't want to be a swinger, don't be a swinger. If you don't want to, if you don't support the polyamory lifestyle, then don't do it. But quit your judging on other people and how they choose to live their lives, you know? Well, we are actually recording this episode on the same week that Pornhub did their massive purge. Yep. (laughs) And we are recording on the same week that Clips for Sale put out this list of uh, BDSM terms that they will no longer accept. Wow. Which makes me upset for my friends who are uh, content creators, my friends who are kinksters, because as I looked at this list that came down, I'm seeing mainstream media all over it. Damsel in distress, take a look at any spy movie with a woman. Hello? Everybody is saying the same thing. And there was a company that came out and I read this yesterday. I don't remember, but it was somebody that's saying Visa and MasterCard don't have any right to come and um, and control what's online. It's not their, it's not their business, you know? Um, I'm in agreement 100% that any video that should be put, that's put up on Pornhub or Clips for Sale, they, anybody that's in your video, there should be a picture of the ID and ID submission mm-hmm. and proving that that person is of age, okay? Um, but beyond that, I mean, this is going to, well, they're going to try. I, mm-hmm. I, I emphasize this. They're going to try to destroy our online content creators, our Pornhubs and our, you know, um, OnlyFans and those for sale, but we've persevered before. We'll persevere again. There's so many um, organizations behind the adult industry and, you know, a freedom free speech coalition. And I actually just got appointed to be a member of the adult industry association. So I'm on their board now. And um, there's so many educated people that are going to fight for us and we'll persevere and we'll get through it just like everything else. But there, it's just, there comes a time where, People just need to mind their own fucking business, honestly. <laughs> is 
there a number one misconception when it comes to performing in a porn? Is there something that everybody thinks happens but doesn't really happen? So that's a, it's a hard question, but I would say that mostly the misconception is that, you know, um, and this is going to ruin it for a lot of porn fans. I'm sorry to ruin this for you guys, but you think like, let me put this into perspective. Every man will write me and say, I want to shoot with, I want to shoot a porn with you. You know, I, I can last really long and I'm, you know, I can, I've got a good oral and I have a nice big cock or whatever. They don't realize that when you're on set, it's a lot of stop and go and breaks and okay the director now has enough footage it's time for you to pop and while you're waiting for the guy to get himself ready to pop your director's taking a break and he's eating pizza and he's just <laughs> waiting for you, the girl who's on your phone going okay i think he's ready now and then quickly we come over and then we do the pop i mean it's not start to finish go it's not like that you know I, but there are some scenes that there are, you know, if you're a talented male performer and a talented female performer and everything's going as planned and you're kind of, you know, you know, you know what you're doing, then okay, you could do a 45 minute uh, scene straight front to back. But for the most part, it's stop and go. And then there's always things where the man can't pop or he can't get hard. And so now we've got to rewrite the scene and we got to pull him out of the scene and put an extra in to pull him out and put a girl in. And now it becomes mm. a girl, girl scene. That's in my book. That's happened, you know? Um, so that's the misconception, you know, is that people think it's just the most, and it's harder in my mind, it's, in my mind, it's much harder to be a male in the adult industry than a female, because there's more pressure on the man. We can fake an orgasm, mm -hmm. we can moan and groan, you know, but uh, I can't fake a hard on, I can't fake a pop shot, you know, I mean, we can, we have a way of faking a pop shot in the adult industry, mm -hmm. but, you know, so it's harder for the guys. I have done some performing in my life. Not in the porn industry, ah. uh, but uh, I have done some <laughs> performing on stage in, in improv comedy. I know what the rush is there, and I also know what it's like. I don't know what this particular thing is like, but I do also, I do know that when perhaps two people kiss each other in a play, mm -hmm. yes, it's acting. But if you do it night after night after night, then sometimes it's like, is there a connection being formed here? Now, with porn acting, there's definitely a connection that is formed there. Okay. But how do you protect your boundaries? Um, I think that's, you know, that's you got to be a very strong person. I think, you know, I've never dated anybody in the porn industry. That's always like another question. Who have you dated? Nobody. I just haven't, you know, whether, you know, uh, wait, I don't want to lie. Uh, my, my agent, my first agent, we tried to date and that was a bad mistake. And so that's part of my book. Don't do that. Don't date people. You know, just don't, just don't, just, just mm -hmm. that. Like, it's like, don't date your boss at work or don't date your secretary. It never ends out good. You know, it just doesn't turn out good. But, um, you know, when you work with a performer over and over again, you do develop a connection with them. For, but for me, it's more of a friend connection. Mm -hmm. so like, like, like in particular, I would say there's one male performer named Ezra who I've shot with and I've shot with Ezra only twice. But like Ezra and I have a connection, but like in the friendship, like I love him mm -hmm. and like he's great to work with and he's easy to work with and I get him and he gets me, you know, and that's what makes a good connection on set and that's to make a, a good connection believable. You know, just like I think in, in mainstream media, you know, 
it, 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 when you see Angelina Jolie and she was with, you know, Brad Pitt, you could tell that there was something beyond that acting connection, right? Mm -hmm. So if you feel that, you're able to portray that in your scene. As we take a look to the future, I want to first look at what you think will happen in the next, let's say, 20 years in the porn or the content industry. Do you think it's going to get to the point where people are going to start going, this is how people make their living, let them do it? Or is it always going to be a fight? It's a really, really good question. And it's really not one that I can really answer. I, I wish that I could say it'll be accepted, you know, at some point. But you know what? The bottom line is that if people are brought up with this hatred against different races or different nationalities or religions or whatever it is, they're constantly going to have that hatred and it's going to be passed on to their children and their children. And so, you know, you'll have children who might defy their parents and say, I'm not gonna follow what you've taught me. And I'm not gonna believe that that religion is bad or that that color of somebody's skin is wrong or whatever it is. But I think we're always going to fight it. I mean, did you, there was another article I read the other day about a um, chess player from Iran. She wouldn't wear her jihab. And so they wouldn't let her play for the Iranian chess team. And so now she plays for the American chess team. I mean, to me, it's just like, you know, when is it going to stop? When is the judgment and the hatred going to stop on religions and nationalities and colors and people's professions? You know, uh, so I wish I could say that it's going to get better in 20 years. My gut tells me no, but. Looking ahead personally, where do you see your career track going? Um, ultimate, my ultimate goal um uh, I think my, my ultimate goal is I'm going to be weeding my way out of shooting um, and really just focusing on educational seminars and my books and traveling and book signings and conferences and coaching. I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. And there's so many different realms. You know, I always tell people when I do um, coaching with them in a Zoom session, I'm not a sex education therapist. I don't have a college degree in psychology or psychiatry. I don't, you know, um, I have a college degree. It's in theatrical production, but I feel like nobody can educate you on what it's like to go through a drug addiction and then go through sobriety and stuff, unless you've been there. Nobody can tell you what it's like to to, to, to fight to come out of being raped and abused as a child or whatever, unless you've been there. And so that's why I feel that I can help people. You know, I've been in the industry. I've been at a brothel. I've been um, as a swinger participant and club hostess and owner, um, a coach, an author. And so I feel like if anybody's going to educate you on a topic, that's what I want to do. I want to share and educate and help others with the topics that I'm comfortable um, teaching on and talking about. That's a beautiful vision. I love that. Thank you. Coraline, here's my opportunity to hand the floor over to you to discuss whatever you want to plug. Uh, I'm guessing the book is going to be in there somewhere <laughs> and also all the different ways people can find you. Okay, let's see here. So easiest is my website, which is Coraline, it's C-O-R, 
A-L-Y-N Jewel, J-E-W-E-L.com. From there, uh, they, I can be contacted directly about book signings, about hiring me to work at uh, just to educational conferences, uh, the lifestyle events. And then my podcast is another big one. That's Hanky Panky Podcast. And it's spelled H-A-N-K-I-E, P-A-N-K-I-E podcast.com from there they can listen on apple spotify youtube uh, google podcast um following me subscribing rating that is huge right now to get my name out there i would really appreciate that and then my social media is linked from both of those so my facebook's coral and jewel my instagram's coral and jewel um my podcast is hanky panky podcast so that's nice and easy my swingers club is hanky panky ca um and what else is on there uh um, the only one that I don't have my Twitter is Sweet Blue CJ because somebody I have fans out there that have Coral and Jewel fan pages and they got it before me, mm-hmm. which is so crazy. So <laughs> that's how I can be found. But you know, like I said, I check my emails. I do return my messages. If you send me something derogatory, I will not respond. Um, I do do autograph signings. If somebody writes me and says I'd like to have an autograph picture, um, they, you know, I tell them how they can, you know, compensate me a donation for my time for that. And I do that as well. And my book, I do sign and send out as well. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. I've learned so much about so many things that I didn't know. And I do appreciate you being my teacher. I appreciate the time and the opportunity and thank you for having me. That was fun. (laughs) That was a very enlightening interview and allows me to understand so much more about the swinging lifestyle. Here's the super quick Patreon plug. Support the show, get perks, get a coffee mug, and so much more. Find out more at patreon.com slash whatwomenwantpodcast. Have you given us a review or rating on Apple? We sure would appreciate it. And while you're there, check out our archives with shows from Lady Pym, author Erica Lemke, model Adara Jordan, and more. And next week, we will take a look into a subject that is brand new to me, and that is the world of hot wives, bulls, and cucks with the wonderful Venus, host of the wildly popular Venus Cuckoldress podcast. And in two weeks... There's only one, Midori. My name is John, or to my friends, hi there, Catsuit. Thank you for being with us. And here's reminding you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.